Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Bucks Banter Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Colin Hallboom. I said on the last episode that this is the best time of the year, so I guess that makes today, draft day, the best day of the year. <laughs> then again, the the Bucks won the Super Bowl on uh, Super Bowl 55 on February 7th, so uh, we'll make an exception for 2021. <laughs> anyway, we are live on YouTube right now, and of course, you'll be able to listen to this anytime that's convenient for you. Just search Bucks Banter Podcast on Spotify. Or go to our website, bucksbanter.ca, and click the link at the top of the screen. It'll take you right to the podcast. You can also find our channel on YouTube. Just type in Bucks Banter. It's now time to introduce my two guests for this live broadcast. We've got Bodan Yard back on the pod, who put the world on notice last episode that he is officially an O-line guy now. <laughs> And my other guest, making his first appearance on the Bucks Banter podcast, another extremely intelligent and hilarious sports expert, Scott Capron. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Colin. Thanks. You know, first time, long time uh, to be on the pod here like this. So huge honor. Um, looking forward to talking about the drafts and looking forward to uh, ripping apart running backs being taken in the first round. So let's let's get after it. Let's go. <laughs> love it. Love it. Bo, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. Glad to be back. Uh, I like that we're on video this time, or I, that I'm aware that we're on video this time, not just the radio <laughs> voice that you're looking forward to. So thanks for uh, letting me come back two times in a row. <laughs> right on. Well, we are already at the 30th pick. The Buffalo Bills are on the clock, and we are getting closer and closer to the Buccaneers' first-round selection coming off their Super Bowl victory. And I'm starting to feel pretty good, fellas. I'm not going to lie. Um, I am the only, like, Bucks fan here, but but it's important to get unbiased perspective. So that's why that's why you, I've so eagerly asked for your participation in this, in this, uh, this podcast. But anyway, I'm well, feeling well, really – sorry? Uh, sorry, Carl. I was just going to say with, you know, all the good vibes, the Bucks win the Super Bowl, they, they – you know, they basically did everything in your off-season checklist. Do you think it would be a, a move to just send out drunk Brady again, uh, just kind of punt the pick, say we don't need it, and just go wait till the second round? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't think that they're going to do that. But I'm mean, just throwing it out there. I think I think sending out drunk Brady to make the pick would be the biggest troll in the world to Belichick, and I would be all for it as a Bucks fan. I love that suggestion. That's why I hey. hear. It's late. It's is, almost midnight. It's possible. Is there any scenario where drunk Brady isn't a good idea? Like, I, I just, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, let's just get I, him going. It's, Great it's true. I heard drunk Brady might even have a strawberry every now and again, but like, keep that on the hush hush. That's on Giselle's blog. <laughs> so, those are, those are natural blog. sugars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, the most recent pick uh, went at 29. And who was that there? Uh, 29 was the Packers. Sorry, Saint was. Did I mess this up? Who did the Saints just take? Do you guys know? Yeah, the the Saints just took Saints? Uh, at 28. They took Peyton Turner from Houston. Right, right, way off the board. An edge defensive end. Yeah, a guy that not a lot of people had in their first round. So maybe they know something we don't know. Um, mm. I know you're hoping that it's not that way, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was not. I was not looking out for Peyton Turner. Peyton Turner. In the first he's, round, or watching any YouTube highlights of him, he spells Peyton the same way as Sean Peyton. So I think they might have just 
found something that they like there. Easy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Peyton with an A. Throw him on the team. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Followed by Eric Stokes, a cornerback out of Georgia at 29 of the Packers. Um, that makes sense after what what Scotty Miller did to Kevin King, the corner mm. opposite Jair Alexander. Um, it isn't. And- I could be wrong. Didn't Kevin King go to Georgia? Isn't it? Did they replace him with another Georgia guy? Just a little oh, bit. Oh, I like this bulldog synergy <laughs> there. I, I might I, be. I, I can't confirm, mm. but I will in a moment, Scott. Uh, well, I should. I probably should have looked it up before I just, you know, brought it up randomly. He played Watch at. Washington. He played at University of Washington. He was a Husky. All right, so just you know, cut that one out. Just easy. It's not like it's live or anything, right? Cool. Yeah, it's not Let's live. Start. Yeah, we're good. Awesome. Awesome. All for one. It's not basketball, so it's not like I'm going to bring this up in the future and rip on you for it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate That's it. That's your forte. So <laughs> as as the uh, as the boys on the NFL Network are just uh, waiting here for Roger Goodell to come out with the Buffalo Bills first round selection, uh, and we'll we'll update those as they come along. Um, I do want to start talking about some guys who are going to be available for the Bucks here at 32. And uh, I'm pretty encouraged. I'm actually very excited about the names I'm seeing on my best available board here. Guys, I expected to be gone. Um, just hang tight here. I'm going to, we're going to see who Goodell comes and announces for the Bills. For quick, quick guess on this pick. Call, who do you think? Ooh, great question. Um, I know who we, who we, all right. Would expect it to be. Yeah. If we're if they're going defense. If they're going yeah. defense, it, for me, it's Aziz Ojulari. Like yeah, the, the guy I'm I'm wanting to drop to the to the bucks. Exactly. Anything right now. Oh. Yeah. Please, please do not be Ojulari. Perfect. Gregory Russo out of Miami. Fair enough. Wow. Another another hurricane. There you go. Gregory Russo. So yeah, the second defensive end out of Miami has oh. is off the board which means we are down to one pick before the Bucks are on the clock and there are a bunch wow. of names that I've talked about um, on Bucks banter and just guys in general as well that Bo and I have talked about on the podcast who I would be super excited about I'm extremely surprised to see three names in particular still on the board uh, defensive end Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia he is Hands down, my number one wish right now for the Buccaneers, as Bo just alluded to. I know you're high on him too, Bo. Uh, I think that's who I got screwed up with Kevin King, Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. <laughs> Similar names. You know, I think you throw them in a hat, really. I, yeah. I, I, a lot of people make the same mistake. So, I, yeah. I, you know what? Let's, I'm fine. I'm good. Love it. Uh, Trevon Morig, the, uh, the hard-hitting – Beast of a safety at a TCU. I can't believe he's still out there. I had mocked him to the Jags at 25. And oh. I thought I thought there was a potential for him to even go sooner. So that's a player, although I don't I, I feel very comfortable with the Buccaneers secondary, particularly at, at the back end with our safeties. Uh, we got Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Jordan Whitehead back there. But you know, a talent like Trevon Morig is, is is something you still have to consider there. But it, you know, Carl, I was just going to ask you because, like, what your mindset was a year ago tonight. You know what I mean? Because now it's like seeing the forest through the trees. You have the Super Bowl champ. You've 
you've returned everyone on the roster, the desperation level is so much less. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I mean, you need to improve in this league every single year, but I get, I'm just speak to your mindset from last year as to what you're hoping for. And now it's like, you're just adding to such a great team already. Right. So. Yeah. It's something I've never experienced as a Bucks fan. That's for <laughs> sure. Like, like, honestly, like I've never felt this way, this, this relaxed. And I think it's allowed me to really dive into just the prospects and not be mm-hmm. uh, just kind of freaking out about what we're going to yeah. do. I don't want them to fuck up the pick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude. And I feel like we keep on bringing it up, but like, I don't, it's uncommon for the NFL. It's uncommon for literally any sport. If you go back to back in basketball, the the second year, you're pretty worried about it because you probably lost someone who's like, oh, I this guy has to get paid, that type of thing. Yeah. Even exactly. in baseball, you lose somebody in your lineup, right? Yeah. I don't watch hockey, but I'm, I'm assuming the same thing happens there, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I can't imagine just, that. Yeah. I yeah. just can't imagine it's that. It's hard. It's super, yeah. it's just very difficult to repeat in anything. And then, yeah, that's why it's like, with the Bucks specifically bringing everyone back. Well, I don't know. Are we stagnant? Do we, how much, how many improvements do we need to make? It's like, I don't know. I think continuity at some point trumps all of that. And if they're, they feel good about what they're bringing back, then amazing. And they can add a couple extra, you know, a couple extra pieces in this draft, just some depth. And, you know, obviously there's going to be injuries throughout a season, but I I just think the mindset of a Bucks fan must be obviously, just a complete 180 from even last year. Not that they were a disaster heading into last year's draft, but just after winning and seeing it happen is so much different. For sure. And because we had signed Brady, it was definitely a different vibe, but no Bucks fans yeah. knew what was coming. That's for sure. Exactly. I don't think anyone that, that That's exactly what I was going to say. And I think that's what going into this year too, when you, you feel like you might be a bit stagnant, maybe you're stagnant if you're any other team, but you have Tom Brady on your team. Tom yeah. Brady's leading this continuity piece. So, and yeah. coming from the Patriots, there's even more stability than he had in this at the Patriots in this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it's unbelievable. Also, if I can just jump in super quickly here, I'm like scanning over my mock, the, the pick so far. And uh, are we missing JOK still? Yeah, which I, I was about to mention him. Uh, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I, I think he's going to go to Baltimore here. I think he's got yeah. I, I wonder like if he fits right there, right? Like that's kind of a kind of a gadget, almost like a gadget defensive player. Yeah, like and Bodan, the more that I watch him, Bodan's referring to Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa out of Notre Dame, who's this hybrid safety. Uh, he's a linebacker, pardon me, but he's he's like a hybrid linebacker safety. He's just so much capability on the field, all so over the, the field. Yeah, totally. So great um, in coverage too. I was terrified of pronouncing his name, so thanks for doing that. <laughs> I like JOK. Did you just make JOK rolls off the tongue? That's so yeah, That's yeah. I, no, I've heard, I've heard other people that are similarly as scared as I am of his name to uh, refer to him that way. Just call hey, just call him Kevin King. Hey, I think it's right. So, um, so so yeah, so we got Zizo Jelari, Trevon Morig, JOK. I love that. Landon Dickerson still on the board. Dickinson, oh, yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. Elijah Moore. For the first round, uh, maybe it's his size or just the way the drafts unfolded. Um, the one thing I'm feeling pretty good about is I don't think one defensive tackle is gone, and I 
Bo, remember our last podcast? I was, yeah. I have zero defensive tackles off the board, and you were kind of calling me out on it, understandably, because has that ever happened? I don't know. Yeah, but it just—it's not—it's not a great year for the defensive line. So, especially to see uh, like two guys off of that Miami defensive line. Obviously, they're on the edges, but they're still going in the first round together. Where yeah, I think going. Yeah, going into this draft, I think a lot of people were like, this is, if you're looking, I think we talked about it even on the last pod, it was just like, if you're looking for pressure, this is not exactly the draft you want to be drafting in, right? So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe Christian Barmore still out there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the Bucks pick either. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I couldn't be, sorry, Scott, I, I, no, I couldn't. Go ahead, I, go ahead. I could not be upset if they drafted a whole bunch of guys. I mean, try Joe Tryon out of Washington and edge rusher, Jason OA. These are guys who we've discussed at length um, at Bucks banter. Uh, Levi on Wuzurike is another guy. And that's pretty much all the names that I have at the top of my list here. So they could go a whole bunch of different directions at a bunch of different positions. And I'm just going to sit back Scott to answer your earlier question and just put my feet up and try to not freak out because there's a chance it's going to be a player I love. And if it's not, I'm just going to trust Jason Light because the guy has done everything he could do and more since, mm-hmm. since he traded up to draft a kicker, Roberto Aguayo, in the second round. <laughs> Ever since then, I'm feeling a lot better. Yeah, that was – I would say that uh, didn't work out. You know, I, a lot of times there, I think we're quick to grade the draft picks and literally you get an immediate response. That one was pretty fair. Uh, I think when people <laughs> didn't uh, didn't quite go for a while, and the crazy part was he was really good. Yeah, he was and, incredible. He's the most yeah, accurate. He's incredible. He was the most accurate college kicker in the history of the sport. Yeah, and money from deep, and just whatever for whatever reason, who knows? Didn't translate, obviously. But yeah, that was a strange one. For sure. Wow, I can't believe we are. The pick is in for the Baltimore Ravens. They're just on commercial here. Um, yeah. I have them slated to – so I had them taking Bateman with the 27th overall pick, which they did, who's the receiver out of Minnesota. So here they are at 31, and I have them slated to take an edge rusher. I have them taking Jason Owe, but I've toyed around with um, Joe Tryon as well. So it kind of scares the shit out of me that they're going to take Aziz Ojolari right before we would have the chance to take him because he's just oh. been a dream – scenario for me him falling to the bucks and is michael irvin on the stage right now here it is here it is picks coming in michael irvin he's just hanging out he's just talking to someone (laughs) he happens to be in cleveland (laughs) (laughs) yes yes jason away they took jason away wow there you go and this was like the dream destination for jason away that we were talking about last last yeah yeah and that's I had that in my mock as well. Yeah. So that's always a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I like this wow. way better at 31 than I do at uh 27. Totally. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Oh, that picks in quick from the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, oh ran it's, there. it's the punt. It's the punt. They're not taking anyone. That's <laughs> yeah. how they look at this. You know, I, I would have been totally okay if they decided to trade back, but there's just too many good players on the board like right here three guys i got three guys they're all on the defensive side of the ball the aforementioned aziz ojalari 
Trayvon Morig and JOK. Though I think yeah. you got to take one of those talents there. We got the, the Notre Dame linebacker, the TCU safety, and the Georgia defensive end. I, this is an ideal scenario to add one of those players. Yeah. If it's Plus, me, it's a Z's all day. And it, and you you mentioned wanting to add a running back, but if it wasn't going to be one of those two guys, either ATN or Harris, you didn't want anyone in the first round, right? Yeah. I mean, Javante Williams, I'm glad you brought that up because Javante Williams' name has been floated yeah, around. Yeah, he's people love him. Hey, they're calling him a lot of people are, are really throwing around this Nick Chubb comparison a lot. Um, That's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not bad. I love Nick Chubb, yeah. but, but I just think the value and as much as I've talked about how the Bucks don't have a true need, we are more than set at running back to be yeah. very effective this season in terms of two downhill runners in Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. And now we have Giovanni Bernard as well to handle the third down duties and be a receiving back. So I'm feeling really good for this season. I think we need to add a defensive end who can come in as a situational pass rusher. Of course, if there's an injury to either Jason Pierre-Paul uh, or Shaq Barrett, then that would be huge to have that guy. Cause as it stands uh-huh. now, Anthony Nelson is our third string edge rusher and he is not good at rushing. <laughs> <laughs> so what yeah. about, uh, what about well, last? Hold on. Oh, here, it is. here we go. Here, here, here we go. Here we go. Okay. He caught okay. it. There you go. Okay. Joe Tryon. Um, One of your guys. That says something. I mean. That was the guy, right? That's in the latest mock? Yeah. he. I, I have mocked him there, but I would have much preferred to have been wrong. Is he so yeah. And it being Ojolari. Yeah. Um, that's still crazy that you picked, that you got it right. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, hey. So you yeah, like it? You're 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 happy. You're I'm, you're I'm really well. happy with the yeah. position, and I'm just going to trust good. our scouts and Jason Light that they've evaluated these players like to an extent that I couldn't imagine. Yeah. And as a result, came to the conclusion that he is the best pass rusher for them to bring. I'm really happy we just grabbed a pass rusher. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I've three I, after a really tough stretch in the middle of this draft I, I at least have gone in terms of my mock draft i've gone three out of the last six correct so that's funny beginning and end were nice yeah that's wild um but anyway in terms of this pick for the buck yeah i feel good i feel good i'm trusting i'm trusting the the guys whose job it is to evaluate these players all year round mm-hmm our scouting department's been really strong. We've done a great job in the draft recently, and obviously they feel good about this player. And it's not like he's going to be have to come in and save the defense right away or anything like that, right? Um, yeah. Like, pretty good spot for a good player to go. You know, if you're going to fall, then – or not fall necessarily, but just like if you're if that's where you're projected and you, you get picked at the end of the first round – it's not the worst fate for someone, that's for sure. So absolutely, no. And also, uh, a guy who opted out of twenty twenty, who's just been literally thinking about the NFL draft for twelve months. So. Right. Yeah. He's pretty much played two years, right? So he's yeah. declaring as a junior, but he uh, opted out his junior season, right? His first two, yeah. And uh, he had a really good sophomore year, and that's pretty much what they're going by. So he's got all the physical intangibles, that's for sure. He's a big boy. Um, 
so jo- Joe Tryon, yeah, he opted out. Um, he, wh- what were his numbers in his sophomore year? Eight sacks and 12 and a half tackles for loss in 13 games. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that'll as, do. Yeah. As, as a sophomore. One of the more productive uh, lines that we have for defensive guys in this draft. Yeah. Kind of the anti quitty pay. <laughs> yeah. It's I like it. Sorry, I, I, we we need to we need to tell everyone Scott is a diehard Michigan sports fan, basketball and football. So yeah, but it's so true, and you know it's kind of the eye test of what it's like. Yeah, Quiddy Pay, great motor, and then you know Lewis Riddick and uh, and I think Booger McFarland are talking on the talking on the broadcast. It's like yeah, not enough production, and he doesn't have any moves. Other yeah. than that. Uh, you know, I think we have something to work with. I don't like. I know they want to take these kind of like balls of clay and and mold these players, but yeah, I don't know. That's just so funny. Yeah, he's a defensive end. Didn't get many sacks though. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, great. But he's a good guy. Cool. Have fun. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. It's just funny how that works. I know you can chip and you can send an extra guy and do all that to kind of negate um, a freakish lineman. And by all accounts, pay is well he is like freakish athletic and all that it's just it's just funny when it's like oh yeah i just uh didn't do much of that thing we really asked him to do so yeah but uh yeah it's all about weighing production versus potential right yeah exactly and we ripped on i don't want to say ripped on but we were bo especially and and you really bo helped mold my opinion a little bit kind of opened my eyes is it's how we discussed uh, Jason OA. And yeah. both kind of just like, you know what? Despite these obscene physical traits and all of that, if you can't put up a sack for me as an edge rusher, then there's yeah, something wrong there. And that's yeah. what I was like, even though I knew that already, I was kind of buying the hype of, of everyone yeah. just yeah. magnifying those traits. And, and, and Bo, you're right. You were totally yeah, dude. Right. When I was thinking about it today, I was just like, you know what? Jason Oway might be like defensive rookie of the year next year, or he could be on like Dana White contender series trying to get into UFC. <laughs> like either one of those two options could happen. He's not going to be an average defensive lineman or defensive defensive edge guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's either that or, he, or he's yeah. John Bones Jones. Straight up. Or yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, it's like, he looks like he ate John Bones Jones, but yeah, he, <laughs> he would be a monster on the, in the UFC. That's for sure. Oh my God! I hope he beats the shit out of Jake Paul at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, <laughs> totally. You know what? Let's get him to stop playing football right now. If that yeah. if that's what it means. So let me just finish. Let me just summarize a little bit more about Joe Tryon. I, even though I've talked about this and written about this, he was one of the two players I profiled specifically at the edge rusher position on BucksBanter.ca. Um, but in terms of his physical traits, he's 6'5", 260 pounds. He ran a 4'6'40 at that size, which is very nice. Uh, he jumped 35 inches in the vertical testing. Uh, great at using his length and, and to generate leverage over offensive tackles. Impressive burst. He does need to continue to re- – and I'm reading my own words. I'm not just like copying this off someone else. What's his three-cone drill time? Don't have that. I don't have oh, that. well then, then you know this is unfinished. He might okay. not have. Ran we don't have. It. The, we don't have his shuttle runs. His three cone. No, I'm just no. Ahead, no, I think there's relevancy to a to a forty time though and a vertical. For sure. Thing. For sure. I'm just kidding. 
ultimately he, he's a very versatile prospect uh, with great agility for his size and he could be uh they could get real creative with how they use him and Todd Bowles has proven to be one of the most creative defensive coordinators in football and unpredictable and uh-huh. aggra- and aggressive and I could do an entire podcast just about Todd Bowles and he belongs on my wall in my Bucks den my Bucks basement here but um I think Bowden and I just figured you would have a Todd Bowles podcast at some point in the off season. Yeah, I mean, well, we got we still have a few months before games are played here, but yeah, yeah, off season leading up to the draft is all draft, yeah. and from here on out, that's a great idea, Scott. Maybe hey, I'll do that. Some, something to kick around. Just saying. Okay. Um. Awesome. Well, I'm happy. I can't believe Aziz Ojolari is there, and yeah. as well as JOK and Trevon Morig. They all slipped out. Wow. Uh, but anyway, it is. To, let, let's move on because we don't want to be here all night. I feel like we've addressed uh, what the Buccaneers have done here to help their team, and I feel I feel good about it. Uh, I did predict it in the mock draft, my mock draft 2.0. So it's always a nice little feather in the cap. Yeah, well can, done. Could I uh, could I just pick your brain one last thing on the Bucks before we move on? Oh, of course. We <laughs> figure this is a Bucks podcast, right? No, I think I, I think he'll oblige you. Yeah. Last pod, we talked about Landon Dickerson, and we I, I threw out a few other names on the offensive line. What made you switch and say, okay, we need the depth on the defensive side more? Great, great question. It was not so much me switching Landon Dickerson. It was the picks before, right? That's the thing about being at 32. If I Fair. change one pick ahead of us, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a trickle-down effect. So I really what I did was I dug more into a number of picks early on, okay, and – the trickle down resulted in the Packers at 29. I initially had them taking Greg Newsom, cornerback. I really like out of Northwestern. Uh, but upon further evaluation, as I really dug into their their needs, I know that they just lost their all pro center, Corey Lindsley, in free agency to the Chargers. And I just thought the Packers at 29, they do it's been well documented how often and frequently they neglect. Uh, skill position players, or I recognize Greg Newsom isn't that, but it just takes that off the board. And I just realized they have a huge need there at center, and there is one center in this draft, in my opinion, even though you're right that Creed Humphreys and a couple other guys are really good, there's one center in this draft in Landon Dickerson, to me, who is like a, a surefire success in the NFL, assuming he can stay healthy. And I just yeah. thought I just thought it seemed like a, a Packers pick. So it was more about the Packers, I thought, after re-evalu- reevaluating their needs, that they might take him than the fact that I thought the Bucks would all of a sudden change their mind. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, that's, that makes sense to me. Yeah. A little long-winded way to say it, but that's more or less how, how that works. No, that's down. good. That's good. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to – what we're going to do here for uh, anyone listening on the pod or watching on, on YouTube um, – we are going to break down things we loved and things we hated about the draft. So <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward process, and it's going to allow us to break down some of these picks and some of these players. So I will start us off. Uh, and one thing I love, we're going to start with the uh, things we loved section, if that's good with you boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the thing I loved more than anything else was the Chicago Bears moving up to take Justin Fields. Um, I, it, it shocked me, but it made perfect sense. And I mean, so they moved up from, 
They were at uh, 20, 20 to 11, I think. Thank you. 20 to 11. Yeah. Right. They swapped spots with the Giants and they, they went and got Justin Fields to make him the fourth quarterback off the board. Uh, I have talked at length about how infatuated I am with Justin Fields' ability and his production at the co- collegiate level and high school, everywhere he's been. I love, oh, yeah. I love everything about Justin Fields. And, um, I can think of one thing I don't like so much about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's yeah. Uh, he played. He was a Buckeye. I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. But I, I appreciate you getting better at overlooking that since he's no longer <laughs> he's no longer there. He's no. Longer I'm really there. maturing, guys. I'm really yeah. You know, it's a new Scott. Of, yeah. Well, you know, it's just uh, a school that I didn't go to in a country that I'm not from that I that I live and die with everything that they do. So it makes total sense to to hate a 22 year old for him picking a school and uh, bettering his future. So it, it's all logical stuff, boys. Don't worry about it. But I mean, the, the, the Sorry, new, no, no, you're good. I, that was well worth it. Uh, the fact is, the Bears, who Bo and I. We owe an apology to, I think, collectively because we were oh, just yeah. having a time making fun of the Bears in uh, episode two of the Bucks Banner podcast, where we broke down my mock draft. Like we probably took a good two, three minutes just to do that, yeah. um, mainly for the Andy Dalton QB one tweet. Oh God! Yeah, that so- sucked. Oh, that sucked. They <laughs> suck, man. They fucking suck. The Bears suck. Yeah. They suck. Right. Well, regardless, though, when you suck, you got to improve at important positions. And I think that's what they've done by getting my favorite quarterback in the draft in Justin Fields and getting them getting them half or at that that position outside of the top ten. I think yeah. it was I think it was an incredible move. I'm not going to blab on about what Justin Fields brings to the table because I think it's been talked about enough here. Uh, but I'm I, I that's something I absolutely loved about, about it, tonight. It's so big time. And, like, I think the thing about it, like, Justin Fields deserved that. After yeah. all he's been through in this draft process, have a team come up and, and, and uh, mortgage out, like, considerable draft picks to go and get him was – it was just nice to see because that guy who we were talking about it last time was worst case scenario. He was going two in this draft when we yeah. looked at the start of the season. And even at the end of the season, I thought everybody was like, that's the second best quarterback out there easily. And yeah. I know the draft process can uncover some things, but he did not deserve to be in like number 28 and some of these different mock drafts that we were looking at. So uh, I was super happy for him and his family and just to see them just like when I think we were uh, we were FaceTiming quickly before his before the Bears pick when we saw the trade, and uh, just that they had that camera in their living room, and it's just the whole living room's empty. And I'm like, oh, it's because Justin Fields is taking the call that he's being picked by the Bears right now, and they're all <laughs> celebrating off camera. Right? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Charlie, yeah. Charlie Casserly, Charlie Casserly had uh, Justin Fields going at 24, which bothered me. Um, yeah, but then to take things a step further, as um, only only uh, Phil Sims's son could. That's, <laughs> that's what. I'll, that's what. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, 
whatever whatever Phil Sims' son name is. Not like he was a Buccaneer, so I need to remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for him to say he, so, so I don't know if you guys saw this. He actually mocked Justin Fields to the Bucks at thirty-two. Oh wow! Like, come on, man. I get it. I get it. You you have issues with with his technique, his footwork, uh, his throwing fundamentals, whatever oh, it is. God. You're trying to break it down, sure, okay. I understand that, but come on, man. Don't don't yeah. push it to the point where you're just being ridiculous. So he had a few yeah. quarterbacks going in front of him too. I think he, didn't he have like Kellen Mond going in front of him as well too? Oh man! Or he that's, he had he had a higher draft grade on Kellen Mond. I don't yeah, know. I don't that's remember. A tough scene if he did. Yeah, I don't I don't remember where the other quarterbacks were because I always check the Bucks pick like pretty early, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So as soon as I saw that, I just X'd it off. Don't need to read the rest of that. Yeah. Hadn't thought about it, it since. It bugs me uh, whenever someone free falls in the mocks leading up to the drafts because, first of all, it doesn't matter. It's when you get picked, like when it actually happens on draft night and then what you do on the field. Like, what, what are we doing here? And it's not like he played at Northwest Ohio Central Tech University. <laughs> like, yeah, a few things get uncovered in the in the in the last few months during the draft process. You know what else? But you know, like, yeah, things also get uncovered when they play, and he plays yeah. for the national championship, and he's the best player. Like, I I don't know, I don't know what the vendetta was. It felt like there was something more going on with the whole fields dropping. He's absolutely incredible, and um, not that it matters because like. You know, we all all know how far Tom Brady dropped, and it's it's what you do versus when you were picked. But I'm glad that you know he's the 11th pick and not the 28th pick, and just just as like a cherry on top, because like I said, it doesn't actually matter. But good for him. Uh, 11th was the seat, was the floor. Uh, he's obviously a top five talent, and um, bothers me. Really, really bugs me. Um, that <laughs> are you happy to see him go though? At least. Yeah. That's oh. What he's saying. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. Oh, you yeah. mean you mean from the conference? Just to leave. Yeah. Uh, no State, kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah. Quick sidebar, but you know, not that Ohio State has had a great track record of pro quarterbacks in the NFL recently, but they've had a ton of terrifying college ones that we've all wanted. Um, like Michigan fans have all wanted to just get the hell out of there and never see them again. I don't think Michigan's had one quarterback that Ohio State has been like, oh, yeah, we need him out of our division. We don't want to see him every year. It's like, no, give him an extra year of eligibility. He can come back. Yeah. Like, Funny, the, funniest, the funniest thing about that is not even the greatest quarterback of all time did, did they care about <laughs> yeah. that happening to him. I know. The, I greatest, know. the greatest quarterback of all time was an afterthought. I know they're playing, worried about for, playing for your beloved Michigan. Wolverines. Oh, I'm sorry. You guys have a nice sentiment about Justin Fields, and I end up bringing up '98 <laughs> Wolverines. Anyone? Sorry, guys. No, Scott. I do totally agree with what you're saying, though. Like Fields took enough shit leading up to this, and yeah, that's why I, come on, come it was on. bothering me. So yeah. I, I agree to see him go at 11 as opposed to 21 or anything like that is a little bit gratifying, at least for him. It's like okay, so this has gone on long enough. Yeah. Um, and it's not like none of it was like he's just an out and out dickhead or anything like that, right? Like it, it, it nothing, wasn't no that. character issues. No, yeah. no. So I couldn't get with anything that they were saying. Um, yeah. Anyways, good for him. Good for him. And yeah. you know, good luck to the Bears. Honestly, like obviously Trubisky disaster. 
Um, and then that, what, three or four years later now we, they get someone new. I hope, I hope he does it for them. All, yeah. all of a sudden I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested in the bears. I'm invested yep. now. I'm invested. Yeah. Uh, so Bodan, what jumps out at you, buddy? What did you love from the draft? We took a good amount of time talking about Justin Fields, but that's okay. Cause I know we all had, had strong opinions on that. Yeah, no, totally. Um, mine isn't even a pick. Uh, first thing up, like, the first text that we talked about today uh, on the NFL draft where uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers wants out of green Bay and it could not be happening at a, at a more fun time than right. Like literally hours before the NFL draft. Um, Schefter Schefter tweets it out that he wants out. And I was literally wondering if we were going to get another tweet right after that, where, it says Aaron Rodgers is now uh, represented by Clutch Sports because <laughs> this was the most pay- like player empowerment move ever. Like oh, the yeah. timing of it and just the optics of it. If you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you're looking at Aaron Rodgers who's saying, I want out. And you're probably not mad at him. You're probably mad at the Packers because they have just shit on him for the last two years easily. Um, most recently with the field goal and the flare just like, deciding oh. hey doesn't really matter if we win this game or not <laughs> i guess what? and oh, uh oh my God. and then even just last year in the draft um he almost it was almost like he was trying to hurt them before they could hurt him again um like last year obviously taking jordan love they could have taken patrick queen there um chase claypool went in the second round as well too they could have they could have just gotten aggressive and say we need to get we need to find a toy for our our, uh our quarterback here i think we're one piece away imagine claypool on that team last year sorry bo just yeah yeah i hadn't thought about that oh my exactly and 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 to make things worse they they draft aj Dillon in the second round um and and there's no names that jump off the board and in the second or third round and in last year's draft just yet but still like you draft two backups, one backup for him, who is clearly the heir apparent in Green in in the in Green Bay, and uh, then you draft AJ Dillon. Who do you want to play behind Aaron Jones? Like, what? Yeah. It's like, what are you guys doing? And yeah. and like, I just I just love that. I love that Aaron Rodgers just said, you know what? I'm waiting until the last moment when you guys think that there's no way I'll do this and putting you in a horrible position. Um, when I was looking at the cap and I'm not super familiar with the NFL cap at all, but um, they can't trade him until June 1st, uh, basically with the hard cap and uh, the, the trade rules, um, they basically would eat $50 million of dead money, which just means they're cutting like a third of their team basically to, yeah. to accommodate that. So they can't, tra- they can't actually trade them. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. Maybe they could have gotten a trade done, uh in the hours that Aaron Rodgers gave them uh before the draft <laughs> to move up to three or move up to wherever to to even like the uh Broncos at eight and try to get a or sorry at nine and try to get their uh quarterback of the future if they don't believe in Jordan Love now a year later. Um but it 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 just it just I couldn't find a precedent for that. But yeah just the timing of it and and just Aaron Rodgers just giving the biggest fuck you to the Green Bay Packers he could possibly give them. And and this is gonna follow them around until June first. So yeah, it's I thought it was great. It's just a hilarious move, hilarious way to start, and just throws the draft for us fans into into full force. Something you said early on there. Sorry, Scott, before you go 
that no, really I think is a phenomenal quote, Bodan, is that you you said, I think he was trying to hurt them before they could hurt him again. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that that literally sums up exactly how it feels for anyone totally. who's followed and- what they've done over the past few years. You're you're bang on. That is like or for or for anyone that's been in a middle school relationship. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just about to say, like, let me tell you from experience, as someone who's been on the receiving end of being hurt before being able to hurt the other person, it sucks. Wait, Scott, you know did, this, did this happen during your first relationship or your last one at Northwest Ohio Central Tech? No comment. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to bring anything up. And uh, the past is the past. I just wanted. To, it was more of a hypothetical that I was, I've heard people have said that is kind of what I was getting at. But um, yeah, no, Bo, that's a perfect point. I just wanted to add on to that. I thought we were going to get more talk about that on like during the coverage. I feel like they didn't mention it too much. I could have missed it. Our puppy was running around like a lunatic for most of it, but. Um, uh, I mean, I, obviously, they have to talk about the picks. There isn't much time yeah. to kind of pivot between other things. But I thought, given the status of Rodgers and the, and the timing, that there would be more um, space allotted to kind of discuss any potential stuff. I, di- I didn't really hear anything. But Yeah, I, I, was, I, I would just say to that, like, I don't know if – I think we're going to get to it a little bit later, but the 15-minute opening with Roger Goodell <laughs> and the, like, weird vibe that that gave the oh. whole feeling – yeah, that was all oh, scripted. We're gonna get I think, to it. Yeah, I think everything that was up there was scripted. I don't think any of those were just uh like I think they just had little boxes for if this guy gets picked, this is what we're gonna say, that type of thing. So yeah, uh, totally I think fair. they couldn't really work in that hey, Aaron Rodgers is trying to set Green Bay on fire right now, and he's yeah. doing a great job. They made a point and to be of fair, Mike Mike Greenberg on the broadcast had to say that. Oh, who is the Kentucky linebacker that got picked? Sorry, Jamin, I don't have it. Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis. Yeah. Oh, he wanted to yeah. mention that we also had the same backup plan of being a lawyer. I guess it worked out well for both of us. Nobody on the panel even responded, and then he just moved <laughs> to commercial. The worst. What an yeah. asshole. He made that kid's draft day about him, eh? Yeah, yeah. Cool, <laughs> cool, Mike Greenberg. About, no, not yeah. about him, about his backup plan. His backup yeah. plan We share a, a backup plan. Congrats, we, man! I could have a, yeah. I could have a backup plan. I don't, but I could have one if I wanted to. Um, anyway, uh, are we getting? Are we doing what, my love now? What did you love, Cap? I have Come a football. On. I have I a know, pick. And, I know you I have a hate pick and a non-pick. Okay, let's hear. All it. right. Well, I'm going to go with my non-pick first, and I'm going to say that I love that. Um, based on all the viewing parties and you know what's going on in Cleveland that covid is just gone in the states. Yeah, I thought was awesome. that was super impressive that you know nobody has to wear masks anymore that obviously <laughs> you can have 80 people at your house like good for them for getting ahead of it and uh, just being super proactive with the whole kind of eradication of this uh, worldwide pandemic within their borders and um, on such a national stage to show that it was done and just, oh, we're through it. That was fantastic. So that was really good. Um, I'm being sarcastic. Couldn't believe what I saw, but also could totally believe what I saw. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. I don't, did it's Maybe it's because we've been in this for literally like a year now. Did that not stand out to you guys? Like, 
Was it not yeah, blatantly to- obvious? Yeah, it totally did. I think the situation we're in in Canada is so much, specifically in Ontario, where where you and I reside, Scott, I think it's that much worse. So it feels yeah. that much worse. They've been vaccinating at such a crazy rate. But mm. regardless, not everyone there is vaccinated and seems yeah, like no one's wearing masks. So I can respect that. For sure. I'm well, saying it a little I'm saying it a little tongue in cheek, obviously, but like it was just not being around crowds, not seeing anyone. And it's like, you know, Roger Goodell is up there saying we can't wait to have full stadiums this coming season. Like that's in four months or something, right? Like it's yeah, yeah September. Yeah, four months. Oh yeah, no, four months we'll probably be all set. So we're we're good to go. Sounds like a good time to fill the stadiums. Anyway, sorry, I just had to get that in there. Well, the, at the start of the uh, sorry, at the start of the bot at the start of the broadcast, they were making a point to say like everybody here is vaccinated. Everybody backstage has been tested yeah. and vaccinated. Um, but yeah, they didn't they didn't really let you know if the people at home were tested or vaccinated. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of what I was getting at. It's fast and, and loose if you stay home. It's funny too because I don't know what if there's a direct correlation, but there's all like. A lot of the good football players come from the South. And that means a lot of the viewing parties were in the South. So I don't know. People could just draw their own conclusions. I get, you know what I mean? If you want to just cross that Venn diagram, let me know uh, in the comments. But oh, thanks uh, thanks for uh, killing my potential followership. uh, Followership, (laughs) by the way. I don't know if you you realize Tampa Bay is actually in the South. Yeah, it's like a city, though. It's kind of okay. Yeah, you're right. My bad. So wait, let me let me get this straight. Only Scott Capron can turn the what I loved about the draft section into something he was being sarc- sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I could have had it. it as a, I could have had it. There is a hate, hate section for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's in my hate as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, awesome. Right on. So, yeah. do we want to go? Let's go. Uh, let's go now around the horn with something that we hated and then we'll see if we have time to go back to our second thing that we loved if we have one all right so the thing that i hated was the oakland raiders led by mike mayock a guy i have idolized because he is really despite mel kuyper's longevity and his position with espn um mike mayock is the god of mock drafts He's the god of player evaluation from a, any media member, and, and no one comes close. He was born to do that job. So he was so good at it. In fact, he was hired to be the general manager of the Oakland Raiders, just to preface what I'm about to say. So I admire him personally. With that being said, Mayock taking Alex Leatherwood, the offensive guard out of Alabama, with the 17th pick was – uh just it was shocking even for mayock and in my mock my mock draft in my blurb i said mayock is incredibly unpredictable no idea what he's gonna do but i feel like like come on man at this point this is getting ridiculous like the raiders could have traded back to the end of the first round at least probably the second round and still got alex leatherwood or a player of equal value at the same position um, instead, they opted to use a 17th pick, which is which is a really solid pick considering some of the guys who were available at that point. And this is now three drafts in a row where in the first round, Mayock has drafted a player who was completely off everyone else's radar. 
for example, just to like make that clear. So Daniel Jeremiah has overtaken Mayock's role since his departure to work in a front office. Daniel Jeremiah does a fantastic job. I love Daniel Jeremiah. He was ultimately Mayock's protege, um, a former scout himself uh, in the league with Baltimore and uh, a couple other teams. Alex Leatherwood was his sec- 62nd overall rated player. Wow. And he was taken at 17, right? But it's kind of funny. Okay, so I, I hated the pick. But it was kind of funny because I was watching on the NFL Network. We intentionally split it up. So I know Scott was watching on uh, ESPN. I was watching on um, the NFL Network. So I'm just like analyzing this, right? Because because the draft desk at NFL Network um, – is all of Mike Mayock's former colleagues, all the guys he used to do it with. And they love Mayock. They're good friends, I imagine. It's like one of us gets hired, and then we're sitting there being like, that was a horrible fucking <laughs> like, 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 we're we're live on national I'm going to text Mayock right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's say Bodan is, is the GM, and me and Scott are doing a live broadcast, and we're like, Alex Leatherwood at 17, and we want to just rip into him royally but we're like trying to be diplomatic and trying to like cover our boy's ass a little bit so they did a good job of not digging into him but it was so obvious that they all thought it was an atrocious pick as did anyone else who's been studying this draft yeah Uh, myself included i thought it was a terrible pick but kudos to those boys at the nfl network for finding a way to not bury mayock for doing it espn guys didn't like it either um I don't know. Two things that stood out to me with the Alex Leatherwood thing is, first of all, Alex Leatherwood sounds like he's the head of a group of 13-year-old spies. Like, that's what his name (laughs) sounds like. And um, secondly, I think it was Lewis Riddick who mentioned, yeah, like he's got some good tape. Not not many of the the teams liked how he prepared for the senior bowl or liked his whole attitude that week. I don't know. Seems like a bit of a problem. Like – kind of something you'd want to show up for. I don't know. I mean, I, hey, whatever, whatever works for him. Didn't hurt him. He went 17th in the draft, obviously, right? But that's the you like the panelists are trying to be very careful with their wording. They're, these are still 21-year-olds are trying not to kill them about their character or whatever, but not much of a sense of um I don't know, super excitement from anyone about the pick there so i i call i think you would be joined by a lot of people in kind of a that was a bit of a head scratcher for sure yeah yeah like they've they've just had weird weird a weird off season in general right like you draft josh jacobs and then you the very next off season or is it the next off season they sign Kenyon drake like what like, what are you, why are you getting so, why are you putting so much money into your backfield and then you just get rid of your right side of your line? But then you add Alex Leatherwood, who is 62. Christian Derrissaw is just sitting right there, too. Like, it, it, it's, it's weird. It's just a, a weird look. And yeah, like, confusing for Mayock for sure. Almost makes you think that Al Davis is, is somehow just saying, yeah, I hired you not to think, just to do what yeah. I want you to do. Yeah, it's just tough to get a handle. Like, I, I have a lot of trouble understanding what their vision is as a franchise. And especially, yeah. like, like for me, like, I've, I already – I just mentioned how much I literally idolize Mike Mayock. And then 
who's his head coach? It's John Gruden. Like, clearly, yeah, exactly. Clearly, I feel a certain amount of obligation to respect those guys. And but w- w- what's going on there is, is really perplexing in a lot of ways and difficult to put my finger on. So, anyway, to be fair, to be fair, people are wrong all the time, and it's usually the publicized ones are the guys who get way overdrafted, or. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so this could be a case where everyone else had it wrong, and they have it wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying it's like I'm. I can't say that I broke down a bunch of Leatherwood tape. I, based on what I've read and what I saw in the reactions and everything, unlikely would be my guess. But like Carl, you said you have so much respect for Mayock for for a good reason. And who knows? We'll see what happens with this guy. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. I'm glad you said that straight up because I I hope he hits. I hope he proves out. He proves to yeah, be I mean, as good as Aloe Vera Tucker, um, who was the interior offensive lineman drafted before him. Uh, all right, Bo, what uh, what do you hate, buddy? I know you're you're a lover, not a hater, but you got something. For I am a lover, not a hater, man. Like this is really tough for me. I feel like this was a pretty good draft, honestly. Um, the only thing that I kind of like immediately hated was watching Mac Jones at the start, just like walking down that hallway. That was the weirdest yeah. thing I've seen. That was like a weird Vince McMahon energy from Mac Jones. There's yeah. no, there's no swag, and then there's Mac Jones walking down a hallway. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. You could tell all the Alabama players that got picked before him. I think there was about 22 that somehow got picked in the 14 picks before him. <laughs> um, you could tell that, like, if anybody else at the draft saw them like dapping him up that they would have been like yeah man like he's more of like a work friend you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah. trying to explain how much that like you know the embrace with mac jones like yeah yeah like he's cool but like within work hours kind of thing it's like okay yeah all right jalen waddles like yeah cool mackenzie i'm gonna yeah. just go on onto the stage now um yeah i got the same vibe bo yeah that's good. yeah, J- that Jalen Waddle embrace was a little weird, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Scott, what about you, man? What what, what did you hate? Now it's your it's your time to shine. <laughs> yeah, bro. just I, I was clearing out for Scott here. Oh god. I mean, I have some Matt Jones thoughts as well. I to be fit, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice dude. I'm also sure that he was um a little bit no, I don't want to say entitled, but I would assume like had a nice upbringing and that's nothing against him. Um, well, anyways, what I'm getting at is him going to the Patriots. It's just annoying. And I could just see it all being very annoying for years. Cause he is good. You know what I mean? Like people are, people were throwing out game manager at him leading into his senior year. It's like, no, no, he's a really good quarterback. And there's a reason that there was talk of him in the top three or the top five. You know what I mean? Like he's a good player. And once again, nothing against him actually like personally i just think that him with belichick the whole thing i just don't see myself liking that at all and uh yeah you know we're we're talking and following on twitter everyone's it's like the pats are gonna get him they're not even gonna have to you know they're not even have to trade they're not gonna have to do anything and mac jones a perfect patriots quarterback is just gonna fall on their lap and it's like exactly and I hate that. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. I, I feel like such a dummy. Like, not only did I project in both my first and my 2.0 mock draft that the Patriots would move up to seven to trade with, with the Lions to take Justin Fields, 
but I, I failed to acknowledge. In fact, no, I did acknowledge that they have never done that for a quarterback in during Bill Belichick's tenure there, which is like an extremely yeah. long amount of time. I don't think they've done that I, for any position. Yeah, it might not be for any position, but certainly for a quarterback. And I, I, I decided to project that because I love Justin Fields and I just thought Bill Belichick was smart enough to know he had to go get him. But sure enough, he just sits right where he is at 15 and uh, what what Patriots fans are calling Tom Brady, the second coming of Tom Brady, just falls into his lap at 15. Mm. It's unreal. And if yeah, I those, jump are, those in. are normal expectations. Just say the second coming of Tom Brady. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But but well, you got to admit, like Belichick is, he knows get, exactly how to how to customize yeah. his offense around that yeah. that player, that style of player. I think the other part of this, uh, we're just like hoping that the Patriots could just like move into like this cool era as well too. Like they have Cam Newton, and that they're gonna like build this playbook so it kind of it sucks for cam newton because you think that they're they're moving their playbook to be more run oriented and and play to his strengths and if you draft a justin fields you can like just evolve that playbook in that direction too mm -hmm. but it's just kind of going back yeah. in that direction of like yeah we're the patriots we're going to be easy to hate and we're going to draft mac jones so That's a yeah it's, it's, it sucks for sure for like i that could have been funny. one that i hated for sure it's funny too because they have Newton and Stidham, the two Auburn guys, and then Alabama <laughs> yeah. guy comes in. I yeah. mean, not. To, I don't think there's any real animosity when they actually get to the to the league. Like, I don't think there's people hating someone based on what school they went to. It's just a funny fact. Um, hey, can I just add on one thing that I hated? Yeah, yeah, of course. Just quickly, I hated uh, Harris and Etienne going in the first round. Hated it. Hated it. Uh, will always hate it. The Steelers can't block, so it doesn't matter if you have a combination of Usain Bolt, Najee Harris, and fucking Mother Teresa running, uh, <laughs> like carrying the ball for you. You're not going to do anything. Um, I guess I get it. The Jags needed some sort of home run threat, um, maybe some excitement considering they went one and 15. I love the players. I love Harris and Etienne. Like, don't get me wrong, fantastic running backs. The value and what else you could have done there. Absolutely hated both picks. All right, Scott, let me ask you this then. All right. Yep. Would you trade, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, would you trade the 25th overall selection for Alvin Kamara? Um, if you were them. But say all of a sudden when you do the deal, he's on a he's on a rookie deal. So he's making a few million a year. Like, would that be worth it? That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, but he's also proven. Proven and well, yeah, he's, he's, he's and, also Alvin fucking Kamara. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I but, like but the worst think, one of these. My point is, if you think he is Alvin Kamara and you're going to have him locked up for uh, as much as five years on a rookie deal, I like I I think you have to have exceptions to your rule. Like I know you are the most anti running back in the first round type of guy that I know and I can yeah. absolutely respect that perspective but but are there not exceptions because I believe Travis Etienne is special like a special kind of special yeah yeah okay but like f fair fair that, that that's all fair and I get it and once again it's not I, I don't hate the running backs individual like I love these guys you think I didn't love Saquon 
absolutely yeah. I like amazing. You think I thought that he should he should have gone? Did he go second? So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but that's why that's forward. why that's so different. It's different. It's different for sure. But Saquon so, went second. Etienne was but, their second pick. But call. So here's your here's the counterpoint to the trade that you just offered me. When was Kamara drafted? Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. enough. Yeah. That's you, a good. You mean good you rebuttal. can't? You can find this anywhere. And think about how many first round draft picks that don't that that have all this promise that just don't turn into it. And then you can find it later on. It's just there's two. There are too many examples of we can get productivity and maybe even a superstar later in the draft of that position. It's just so too hard. Okay, here's my rebuttal to your rebuttal. <laughs> okay, you can miss on any any position. You can swing. You can swing, and it's not a guarantee that if you draft nope. another guy instead of a running True. back, he's he's gonna hit. No, there are so but... many half over half these guys are. Well, I shouldn't say that. I, I like this draft, but I would say half these first rounders are going to be on a different team or not relevant players who your everyday fan would would know. Or even in the UFC, they were first round picks. Yeah, and I, and I think Travis Etienne will be one that people know. Personally. Fair enough. Yeah, but I think the the actual production on the field that you can get for someone way later in the draft, maybe you can get eighty percent of the production from a sixth rounder versus a first rounder, and it, and then you can use your resources elsewhere. There's just it's once again, I love Saquon. I thought Zeke was an absolute freak. You know what I mean? Like I uh, like Leonard Fournette. I understand it. I, I just there's there are, we we're way past it. You know what I mean? We're way yeah. past it at this point. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, 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 sorry, I lean Paul. with Colin on. Yeah, sorry. I, I lean with Colin on this just because, like, at some point you got to look around the league and just be like, we have a chance to get a guy who's like this, who's like Alvin yeah. Kamara. There's the worst one I heard today was actually Keyshawn Johnson, who was talking about uh he's talking about Jalen Waddle, I think it was. And he said he wouldn't draft Jalen Waddle because he's Tyreek Hill. He wouldn't draft Jalen Waddle in the first round because he's Tyreek Hill. That you you draft a guy like that in the second or third round. And I was like, you were a wide receiver and you don't realize the value of Tyreek Hill and what Jalen Waddle could be. And if you see a guy with with that type of talent set, like you go and get him. Like if he's supposed to be the tenth guy in the draft, just pick him at ten. It's the same reason I love the Bears moving up for Justin Fields. They got to the it, point where they're just like, I can get him at eleven. Like let's go get him. Yeah, totally. Bears, but it, isn't it funny that pick. Keyshawn, who is the complete antithesis of Waddle and Tyreek Hill as a exactly like wide receiver, is the one saying that? Yeah, like, that's what he said. That's what he said. I need a big. I need a big wide receiver in the first round, and I'm just like. Not well, anymore. So, so, yeah, that's so, like Shaq saying the center isn't dead anymore in the NBA. But that's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Shaq saying that's the, so sorry to take the basketball, but you know, I did. Shaq is on did. record. He says it all. Just throw it into the big man. Like that's what they think. Like that's what yeah, these people. Yeah. Like that's what these guys think. But because they are absolutely f- like freakish, either size wise or athletes, and then turning into basketball and football players, then we listen to their opinion. Well, maybe they were just better at the sport. Doesn't mean yeah. that they understand what should happen twenty years after they played. You know what totally. I mean? I don't know. Like that Keyshawn, I didn't hear that, Bo. That's absolutely nuts. I yeah, don't yeah. I'd have to look at the draft the year that Tyreek Hill was drafted. 
I would bet you'd be hard pressed to be to find five guys that have produced more value in his draft no, years than him. No, 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 there isn't. I, I, I don't even yeah. want to look at it. Like if yeah. you're if you're if you think a guy might be Tyree Kill, and that's why you think you should draft him in the second or third round, <laughs> like that, like who who would say that? Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. Not to mention, everyone loved Tyree Kill's talent, and he dropped a lot because of off-field stuff. But yeah, you know, regardless, anyway. So I think um, because it would be so easy for us to just keep doing this for hours, I think we should. Yeah, rest. sorry. No, no, don't apologize. So we. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to quickly breeze through any leftover love hates that I got. I'm going to be the the yep. cleanup hitter for mine, and then we can all go around the horn and clean it up, and then we can we can just see if there's any loose ends we need to tie up after that. So you're clear you're cleaning up here whatever you want got left that you want to get off your chest that you either loved or you hated. So yep. because, because we are on the hated section, um, sorry, yes, the hated section. Something I hated and I found ridiculous. Roger Goodell mispronouncing. He called Najee Harris, Najee Harris. (laughs) And it's like like, of all the players. That's not even the tough one. That's only the one, the one that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a super easy one. Like, have you watched college football? He's the Doak Walker award winner. He's the best running back in the nation. Yeah. Like, national champion like you you can't pr- say Najee like hey really? to answer your question if does Roger Goodell watch college football that's a hard no yeah and <laughs> I think he watches about one NFL game a week when he's at it yeah if I had to guess but and he's yeah. only there for the first half because the yeah. jet takes a while to warm up exactly great point great point um and then in terms of the things that I loved I love to see Kadarius Tony uh go in the first round like for me personally just in terms of how i evaluated the players without being influenced too much by anyone else's takes on guys i was really high i learned throughout this process i was like too high on Kadarius tony or so i thought and i i actually had him out of the first round in my mocks just because of all the other information i was out there and he ends up going 20th to the giants and i He was my, like, I wrote about it uh, quite. He was the first guy I profiled in my potential targets for the Bucks in round one. I He's my favorite receiver outside of those top three studs. So to see him go at 20 was kind of cool. Even, like, you know, I don't give a shit about my mock draft, really. But in, in terms of how it goes in the end, it's more about the process. Uh, but I was happy to get that one wrong and see him go in the top 20. That was cool. And Another then, great family celebration too. I mean, there was a ton. Yeah, they're losing it, yeah. but they're like that's always great to see, for sure. And uh, and then this caught a lot of people off guard, but in hindsight, isn't all that out of the ordinary or or unpredictable? Is the Panthers and Broncos taking so the taking J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain with the final two picks in the top ten? Therefore, cutting off the Cowboys from landing one of the top two corners in the draft was hilarious to me. And I just like found it amazing yeah. because there was all this talk about the Cowboys. Everyone knew they wanted Sertain or, or him or J.C. Horn, whichever. Uh, but then for the Panthers to go J.C. Horn, and I had J.C. Horn actually in my most recent mock as the first cornerback 
selected ahead of Patrick Sertain, which I felt like good about. But anyway, for, to have those two guys off the board. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. Um, to have those two guys gone right before Dallas, not even like two, three picks before, but right before yeah. bang, bang was hilarious. Like it, obviously if you're a Cowboys fan, that sucks and you whatever, but if you're a Cowboys fan, you're not listening to this. So, but it's, but Dallas, <laughs> but like the Cowboys had the one, well, they've had, they have a lot of holes to fill, but they had the one glaring need. They were going to take a cornerback the two and then the two like surefire first rounders go boom boom right ahead of them like that's good shit that yeah. was funny yeah, yeah was it was good. funny it was like the yeah. it was like a sitcom episode if each pick was a different episode that was the sitcom for me yeah those exactly. few picks uh all right bo you're on cleanup duty now what do you got what do you got left you want to chat about that you either loved or you hated my man those are actually like i actually want to touch on two of the ones that you already touched on just from a different angle um and it was actually the fan celebration for Kadarius Tony. Um, they were actually kind of being dicks. Like I, I got a ton of Chris Stapp's Porzingis energy from those Giants fans. Just literally, just being like, "Who was that?" Or being yeah, like, yeah. "That was a horrible." That's a hor-. like. You guys obviously have not been looking at this. Um, it's not like maybe they wanted Elijah Moore. Like I don't know. But if you're looking for a wide receiver, um, Kadarius Tony is a great addition to that receiving court and i think we touched on it last time they've got a deep team now uh of pass catchers um between evan ingram kenny galladay um who else do they have Kadarius well, tony now obviously now they have Kadarius tony the three of them is a great trio and then you got saquon in the backfield who can catch and saquon in the backfield yeah they got a ton of weapons for daniel jones so did they, did um, they keep sterling shepherd i'm sure they still have sterling shepherd i feel like he's yeah. been there for 30 years yeah no yeah kidding. i think so too and i think they picked up I might have got Kyle Rudolph at tight end now as well too. Um, nice so they like they've got a ton of weapons, so they're gonna find out if Daniel Jones is worth anything or worth what they what they thought he's worth. So um, yeah, just weird. Did not like that at all. Um, but I did like Gettleman. First time ever, he actually moves back and he picked up. And like as much as I love Justin Fields, like this is not a Justin Fields bash at all, but the. Giants are definitely making a bet that this is not going to work out the first year. They picked up the 20th pick from the Bears, and they picked up 164, which is a fifth-round pick. But they picked up the first-round pick from the Bears uh, next year and the fourth-round pick from the Bears next year. So they're getting quite a bit. Is that a fact? I didn't realize that. To move move back nine spots and still get Kadarius Toney in a draft where they realize, oh, the two like the three yeah. wide receivers are all gone already earlier than we expected and we're Man, still getting the fourth best guy so and they're getting three more players out of that so great move by Gettleman and I guess this is the this is the price for him to move back in a draft right so so two quick Eddie, things there, Bo. I, I think yeah. that is a sorry a great example of the power of social media because that's been kind of highlighted on Twitter leading up to the draft um about the Gettleman thing, and uh, let's face it, the, they know, like they, they notice this stuff. Um, yeah. Who knows? I mean, may, I'm not just saying 100. That's what happened. Uh, he felt the pressure to, um, y- you know, to trade back because of Warren Sharp tweeting it or something like that. But I do actually <laughs> think that there is something to it because it comes to light when you're the only person. And let's face it, any move that these GMs make you either are praised or you get absolutely killed for it. Right. Yeah. Like there's no, there's no, 
um, there's no middle ground. It's like there's only indie movies and box office like blockbusters, right? Like yeah. it, it's that's just the way it is. So that's interesting. And just with the first round pick for next year, I mean, hey, the Huge. Bears might not be terrible. Well, they go six and ten, and maybe that's like the ninth pick or something like that. Yeah, right? like that's that's uh that's not a bad little haul. Um, it's a it's a great haul. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, I did. I, I loved Smart Gettleman. This is the first time we get to say that. So Smart Gettleman's yeah, out, kind of. and we'll see what he does with those other three picks. But yeah, that's great. Not to mention, um, not to mention, sorry, Bo, just to chime yeah. in, he was also willing to go offense, which I didn't yeah. expect. I mean, I thought if he did go offense, it'd be O line or a defensive player. And he went with the receiver after already having invested in a, an expensive but potentially worthwhile free agent in Kenny Galladay. So, so I think that's smart because he needs to protect his investment because his job is riding, in my opinion, with Daniel Jones's job. Totally, he needs to he needs to play better. He needs to be better this year. So you got to yeah. put him in a position to be successful, Daniel Jones. I mean, because yeah, you know that's his job. So sorry, he, he has no, he has all the weapons there now for sure. Um, Staying in the NFC East, I hated, and this is what I actually wanted to lead off with. I just forgot about it. Um, I hated that the Cowboys gave the Eagles Devonta Smith. Like as much as as much as I guess they didn't have many other offers, but trading within the division, and you're now you were not only are you not getting the corners that you wanted in this draft, you're giving your arch nemesis the best wide receiver available. So like, I know that I know it's tough to figure out what you're going to do at that spot, but, and I don't know what else they got for that. I, I think I got it written down here. So they got a second and a third round pick to move back two spots. So maybe they get two other guys there. So it's, it's not horrible, but I, I just hate that it's inside the division because everybody's going to be looking at that. They're going to see each other twice a year forever. And, the Cowboys have no one to cover Devonta Smith, so yeah. it's gonna be rough. Yeah, they really don't. That's a good yeah, point. tough. That was a tough twenty minutes between the wide receiver wide receiver secondary exchange with uh, Dallas and Philadelphia. There, I guess. Hey, eh? that's crazy. yeah, totally. And and just yeah, missing out on the corners, and then also handing handing the uh, wide receiver to the Phil, to Philly. So yeah, not a great night for Jerry. Mm. You got any more bow or is that wrap it no, up? No. Right. I'm clearing out for Scott again. Oh God. All right. Haters ball. One, one quick love, one quick Kate. I'll go with the one quick love. Uh, Jamar chase to Cincy. To me, the Bengals are the biggest like jerk off motion team in the entire league. Like who gives a shit? So let's at least make them super fun scoring 35 points a game. You know what I mean? Like, Honestly, who cares? Do people in Cincinnati even care? I'm not sure. So <laughs> we have the Burrow-Chase combo again. You know, all the pundits are saying, think about how highly regarded this wide receiver class was last year with Ruggs and CeeDee Lamb and the whole crew. And not to mention the guys that went behind uh, behind Chase this year with Waddle and Devontae Smith. And Chase was as good or better than that whole crop of about, yeah, the LSU shirt. Exactly. That crop of about six to seven potential um, absolute studs for the next eight to 10 years outside of the NFL. Right. So like, I, it's kind of like, 
Um, you know, when someone gets drafted to their hometown team, a little overblown, like as if that automatically makes them 10% better. Uh, just the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase thing. I just think they're both really good players. Also, it helps that they know each other. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm excited to watch that. So thing that I yeah. loved and yeah. Can I, I have, cause I'm like so high on Jamar Chase. I think yeah. I tweeted it out tonight. I think he has a really good chance of being the best receiver in the NFL within five years. I think if he hadn't opted out this past season, and of course he wouldn't have had Joe Bur- Burrow at quarterback and LSU had a precipitous drop from the their national title year. Yeah. Um, but let's just take a quick glance. Let me just zing through the numbers he put up as a sophomore, okay, on that team. In 14 games, he had 84 receptions, just 1,800 yards, <laughs> 21 yards per reception. 20 touchdowns, okay? So yeah. that is just stupid production. He's in a, yeah. he's a sophomore. He was playing with Justin Jefferson, and, and he was the, by far the best receiver. And look, yes, yeah. yeah, look at how seamless Justin Jefferson fit into the NFL. Like, like just slid in there, Cousins' number one target, like not even an issue. And Chase is better than him on the same team with that quarterback. Could be scary. Jefferson Jefferson can't be stopped, and I, I don't even want to imagine what Chase Young is going to be. So that's the reason I'm wearing this shirt. So I'm glad you brought him up, Scott. Sorry to sorry to interrupt, but I had to chime no, in. No, no, no. That's great. And the then only person that could really stop Justin Jefferson was Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase was getting the ball. Like, think about that. That's that's wild. Also, I just want to jump on that, too. Like, it's kind of cool to see all these guys who played together um and like we're celebrating it in the nfl whereas like mm-hmm. if it was the nba we'd be like oh those guys all played aau together that's crazy um yeah, but like exactly. yeah um even like so what do we got Tua with Jalen waddle yeah yeah um jamar chase and joe burrow obviously yeah, man, it's um cool. did did jalen hurts and devonta smith did they cross pass at alabama at all they i must wonder have. Yeah, yeah. They at least, at least no. one year, maybe no. overlap. No, yeah. they played together. Yeah, and then and then we got uh, Travis uh, Etienne and Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, you're so, right. Great. Yeah, call. yeah, to have four couples all together. I'm oh. like a big relationship guy. This podcast, yeah. but yeah, throw your keys in the wall, boys. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we touched on earlier, but my advice to all four relationships would just be heard them before you get. <laughs> Just get out ahead of it. Get your keys out of the bowl. Um, yeah. And then yeah. A, a, just a, a quick hate. Um, I hated the whole opening 10 minutes. I hated um, Roger Goodell trying to be funny. I hated Joe Thomas's pregame pep talk or is how it was introduced. That was fucking brutal. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Kings of Leon was the band. Really? What? <laughs> like, are you kidding? There's no one else. No one I, else would play. I like Kings of Leon, man. I'm not even saying that they're that bad. I like, but but literally the- everyone. Like, it's not like anybody was on tour. They could have got anyone. That's my point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, hey, call. I know your sex is on fire, but that was in 2009 in more ways than one. So, um, anyway, just had a couple issues there. So, 
obviously it's the NFL. It's Roger. It's going to be hokey as shit. You just have to get through it for the first five or 10 minutes to get to the good stuff. But they did not disappoint or they did extremely disappoint no matter however you want to look at it. So, yeah. Yeah. For me, I waited this long. I could handle another 10 minutes. It kind of just let me get my shit together and get organized. So I wasn't as perturbed as you were, Mr. Capron. Sorry, but what about the 10 minutes that the Jags took to put the pick in? That was yeah. ridiculous. I agree. Come on. The, the teams after them didn't seem to take the full 10 to, for, no. to me. Like, the Jets did. Did they take the full 10? Yeah, the yeah. Jets did too, yeah. Well, again, I was preoccupied, but I, I really noticed it with the Jags. Maybe it was because of your barrage of text messages, though. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I, maybe the Jags and Jets just know this is the first time, or this is the only time they're going to be on national TV until they play the Thursday afternoon game in week 16. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be played in Bangkok at four in the morning or something. Yeah. <laughs> they suck. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's all I got. Right on. Well, I mean, I think uh, I think that's great. I think it was a fun draft, man. Things really like. I'm took pumped a turn. for the next couple rounds, man. I can't yeah. wait. This is gonna be yeah. the best. There's a weekend. ton of good guys out there. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. If, like, who are the teams who didn't pick tonight? We got like Chiefs, didn't Houston pick. for sure. Chiefs. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, the Chiefs. Like, if you guys have second round picks, there's a ton of good guys out there. And and sure. I expect some movement. So there's gonna be some teams trying to push hard to move up into the top of that second round um, or front of that second round couple uh just i think i want to highlight a couple picks that stand out to me as potentially phenomenal value um and i'll start as early i'm just i just have them highlighted here so i might as well say them i think that the lions who i expected to move back and i think that was a potential something they were considering uh, they stayed pat at seven, and they managed to get Panay Sewell as a seventh overall pick. I mean, he's yeah, a, worth a mention for sure. He's not just some left tackle. He's not. <laughs> he's not Andrew Thomas last year, who went fourth overall in a great tackle class. Like I saw tweets tonight of of evaluators I respect saying he's the. I saw one guy. I, can't, I, I wish I could credit who it was, but he. He said Panay Sewell is the best tackle prospect I've ever evaluated. Um, and th- you know what? It must have been hard for them to not go with Devontae F- Smith because I thought it was between those two guys for them because they're desperate for a receiver. They lost Galladay. Um, but anyway, Panay Sewell to, at, at seven, I know it's early, but I still think that's phenomenal value. I think the, the Chicago moving up to get Justin Fields – Unreal value there. Obviously, that's been talked about enough by us. And then I think at 22, what the Tennessee Titans did, uh, I had them taking Elijah Moore. It was funny. I have a good friend who's a Titans guy, and he knows his shit. And uh, I had initially had them taking a corner, and he talked me into – he had mentioned Caleb Farley. He's like, I want Farley. And this was a week or so ago, and I said, there's no chance Farley's going to be there. And he said, well, in that case, I want, like, Elijah Moore. And I was like, you know what? That is a perfect fit, reuniting. That would have been another combo, Elijah Moore and A.J. Brown, reuniting the old Miss teammates. But anyway, his dream happened. Farley dropped, and they got him because he's had two back surgeries, some some weird injury history. But talent-wise, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah said he's a top seven, top seven talent in the entire draft. 
David Shaw, the head coach at Stanford, who does a tremendous job when he when he's covering the draft with those guys, uh, he echoed those same sentiments. Yeah. So it's clear it's clear that that t- these talent evaluators are unanimous that this guy Caleb Farley's talent is incredible. Uh, he opted out this past year, so that has the potential to be an absolute steal at 22 for the Titans. Their general manager, John Robinson, Buccaneers fans know well. He was the assistant GM under Jason Light in Tampa Bay and uh, got himself his own his own gig where he's the boss man. And um, I, I hope Caleb Farley works out for them, uh, if not just for, you know, for himself to redeem himself after those injuries, but for a former Buccaneer executive. And last... Can, I jump, can yeah. I jump in on that too? Yeah, Caleb Farley... Um, it's wild. Like I did I the one thing I will say, I didn't realize his back surgery was March 23rd, which is yeah, wow. very recent. Yeah. Um, other than that, like I got and not to go back to the NBA, but Michael um, Porter. Michael Porter Jr. energy from that guy a ton. A and I love that he he was one of the only guys that was uh, abiding by the quarantine rules because there was nobody in the shot with him. He was just yeah. sitting Yo, there. Pull, it looked pull. like he was just yeah, go ahead. Do you want to know why? No one was what? why he was the only one abiding by the rules. Why? Because he because he has COVID. Oh no way! Oh no way! Sorry, sorry, not to laugh. He's a, he's a healthy guy. Sure he, he, okay. looks, he didn't look like he had COVID, but no. he he looked like he, he was like, alone though. I don't he looked that, very alone. He looked like he was about to like like his webcam was worse than ours. Like he was literally like about to do <laughs> like a TikTok video or like some sort of like Snapchat thing. I want to be clear. I was not laughing at him for having COVID. I was just laughing at the fact that you were complimenting him for his COVID protocols, whereas, in fact, he was practicing those protocols because he has COVID. Yeah. There's some irony there that uh, is. There is a ton of irony there. And, like, yeah, no, it's good for him. We don't don't know who has COVID in all the shots that we saw today. So, yeah, it's good to know that he was. Uh, quarantining on purpose, and it wasn't because he doesn't have any friends. Yeah, well, Goodell has COVID now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that chair That's has COVID. Weird. Yeah, that, that was a that was a rough idea. Weird, weird as hell. Like, okay, it's like it's like this unveiling of his leather chair that he sat in. That they have a so for anyone who is listening to this, maybe who didn't see the draft, they have Roger Goodell's leather chair. I want to call it a Chesterfield because it just gives me that feeling, but I know that's more <laughs> of a couch term that he sat on during the virtual draft last year. So they brought it to Cleveland for some like nostalgic sentimental reason, but I'm just still grasping for the nostalgia and the sentimentality because I do not understand why the fuck anyone would care about that goddamn chair. Pardon so, me. So someone was like, all right, you um, need a gimmick. Yeah, I what do I'm just throwing this out there. We bring his chair from last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, is can we can we get this okayed? Yeah, everyone's all in on the chair thing. Put it on the next flight. Like, who gives a shit? It's so ridiculous. Oh, must have been an must have been an intern from uh, Northeast South Dakota State Tech where you went. Well, yeah, they they provide a lot. They have a what, what do they do with that chair after? Does it go back? Does it just get on the jet with with Goodell and goes to back to his million like mansion or whatever? Like it flies first class in a seat. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it gets buckled in, which is kind of ironic. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it 
in flames in, in at a bush party behind her old high school boat and like that thing could yeah, be yeah true 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 um all right boys well this has been awesome the last thing i just want to quickly before we close out just revisit uh tampa bay buccaneers coming away with uh joe tryon the edge rusher out of washington he's uh, an elite physical specimen with plenty of production for a sophomore uh, which is the last season we have on record for him from its statistical or video footage perspective that that's the last time he played i'm really sounds like bigfoot yeah yeah <laughs> his well, last sighting his I'm last sure. sighting i just hope his his feet size or his foot size is in proportion with his body otherwise he'd there. be a little slow footed no kidding but I'm, I'm really excited to dig into him, and I'll certainly be uh, putting out some some content on him as well as the other Buccaneers picks that are yet to come. I'm really pumped for tomorrow. And I just want to give a shout-out to you two. You guys stuck with it. We're at an hour and a half. We're going to wrap it up right now. But thank you guys for coming through. This was a lot of fun. Thanks Love for having me. us. Man. Thanks for having me. And I hope I didn't wear out my welcome. I bought yeah, a microphone hey. today, so if not – I'll be dropping a mixtape anytime now. So <laughs> shout out to Dan Lewis. Worth it. Worth it. St. Louis. Uh, St. Yeah. Louis. Let's do it. You're both welcome <laughs> back anytime. And I'm uh, sure it'll be sooner. You. I'm sure it'll be sooner and later. All right, boys. All right, yes, bud. Sir. Thanks a lot. All right. Keep it real, everyone. Peace. Right, later, Til guys. Till next time. <laughs>